Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. If you've listened to the last episode, you already know that I was in Busan, Korea last week, attending the International Diabetes Federation Congress. I was privileged to be able to join the media session hosted by um, Roche Diabetes Care. And so I was able to speak to a couple of the speakers at the end of the event. So here is a soundbite from Dr. Roth Hinsman, Head of Global Medical and Scientific Affairs in Glucose Monitoring and Science at Roche. He talks about what is integrated personalized diabetes management, why integrating data can be really helpful for patients and their stakeholders, why we have this tsunami of diabetes, and how stakeholders like politicians can also play a role in addressing the diabetes problem. So enjoy! Uh, thanks for your time, Dr. Roth. So can you um, give me a little bit of your background and introduce yourself? Yeah. I actually um, studied biochemistry. And then uh, after I had completed biochemistry, I studied in medicine. And then I um, specialized in a field in medicine that we, in English we call it clinical pathology in in German, we call it laboratory medicine. So these are basically all these lab specialties like clinical chemistry, blood banking, microbiology, immunology, so everything that is happening in a lab. Yeah, And you do this for five years. And one of those years you spend in direct contact with the patient. So um, you have to do one year of internal medicine. And um, after that, I worked at our pathology lab at the university for a while. And then I moved to industry and I worked for different diagnostic companies. And uh, yeah, nine and a half, almost 10 years ago, um, I joined Roche Diabetes Care. Mm, okay. Well, the topic today is uh, integrated personalized um, diabetes management yeah. mm-hmm. um, on a high level for layman terms, can you explain what uh, IPDM is? Yes. So you put the patient in the center and then you collect data. You collect them, you integrate them, you analyze them. And these are very different data. Glucose data, nutrition data, health data, exercise data, sleep data, lifestyle data, all sorts of data. Yeah? And then, in order to get these data, you need to have an open ecosystem. Because otherwise, where do you get the data from? Because at the moment, they're hanging here and they're hanging there. So there are so many different apps um, where these data could come from, or devices. So there are your CGM data from your continuous glucose monitor, your insulin data from your pump. Uh, there are your uh, mobility data from your iPhone, for example. Um, and all these data need to be integrated. Yeah. Um, then you need to address all the different stakeholders that can play a role in diabetes management. That can be the physician, it can also be the spouse, or the child of a diabetes person, or the hospital, or a payer. So you need to make sure that the right stakeholders get the right, right data, of course, always only if consented by the patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the patient has an absolute right to do with this data, whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But when you have this huge amount of data, then you can 
analyze them in an intelligent way and you can squeeze out insights um, that you cannot get from small data sets. And these insights can then be used, for example, to predict glucose values in the future, to tell a patient, ah, you're very inclined to have a hypoglycemia in the coming night, for example. Mm. And then the patient can take an anticipative action. And it's not a corrective action because the event hasn't happened yet, mm -hmm. so you can really prevent it. Mm -hmm. So this is the idea. And um, I think an important element It's also that you are trying many different solutions and that you learn from them and then you skip those that have not been successful and further develop those that have been successful and you look at different solutions for different scenarios and different regions. So for example, Sugarview is a solution for people who cannot afford an ordinary blood glucose meter. That means it's intended for particular markets, but it might not be a global product that is good for everybody in the world. And I think that is something we need to acknowledge. People have different requirements also according to the place where they live in this world. And that also needs to be addressed. Okay, so let's say for the next 10 years, what kind of milestone or breakthrough should we expect? Because When we talk about uh, drug development, uh, and now we're seeing more integration of technology in diabetes management, on the drug development side, it seems like we're already developed quite a number of class of drugs to kind of help us manage our diabetes. So we're you know pushing our body to produce more insulin or um, our receptors to be more uh, sensitive to glucose. Do you think in the next 10 years we should focus more on the integrating a technology aspect or is there more to develop in terms of, of the drug and the pharmaceutical side? Um, I think there will be both. I mean, as I mentioned, I don't like to speculate what will be in 10 years from now. <laughs> uh, but I think there are a couple of things we need to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. First of all, why do we have this diabetes tsunami? Why get people diabetes since a couple of decades? It has got something to do with the way that we live. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason why in those countries where the standard of living increases, the prevalence of diabetes increases as well. I don't think that we can address that by a single pill or a combination of pill and also by a combination of devices, they can only contribute. You need a lot actually to control that. I think a lot depends on the behavior of the patient. There are, for example, studies uh, that have been done in England. Uh, Michael McLean is one of the authors of the study. He has shown when patients lose 10 kilo of body weight, they're losing their type 2 diabetes in many cases without drugs. Type 1 is an entirely different story. I'm talking type 2 here at the moment. But how to lose 10 kilo? That is tremendously difficult. So I think we all need to change our lifestyle. But our lifestyle is not completely under our own control. 
there are all these seductions of an obesogenic environment. There is an excess of food, you have it everywhere. Sometimes it is difficult to exercise. In the United States, when you want to take the floor to your hotel room, you cannot because the doors are only opening to the outside in case of fire. When you walk up, you stand in front of a locked door, so you have to take the elevator. So all these factors are contributing, actually, to the situation we are in. And some of these challenges, I think, can only be solved by politicians and not by the healthcare system alone. Mm -hmm. So, for example, what was the most effective measure to bring down tobacco consumption and to fight cardiovascular disease and lung cancer? It was taxing of tobacco. That was much more successful than anything else. So I don't know whether we should tax sugar or not, whether this will have an impact. Opinions are split about this. But what I want to say is that due to the complexity of the problem and the many factors contributing to it, you need to address it from very different angles. So there is not this one screw that you have to turn, there is not this one drug you have to take, or not this one app that will solve the problem. This is not going to happen. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs>